Welcome to the Move Well Radio Podcast, where we discuss all things related to health and wellness. We dispel common myths and misconceptions regarding healthcare, and we do it in a way that you can actually understand. And it's hosted by yours truly, Dr. Roger St. Ange, doctor of physical therapy, founder of Move Athletics Physical Therapy and Performance. Welcome back to another episode of the Move Well Radio Podcast. This week you got Doc Alex as the host, and we have a lovely guest today, Liz Salvador of the Yoga Shop in Ludlow. Thank you for coming on today and having this conversation with me and kind of telling me what you're all about. So I always like to start these things off just tell me a little about you as a person. What is your fitness journey up until this point to get you to owner of the Yoga Shop? So if I go back... I was never someone who was super athletic growing up. I did want to play soccer, but I have to admit our family sort of circumstances didn't allow me to do that. I did dance a little bit, but that's like totally off social media. And really for my fitness journey, it started probably about 10 years ago. I actually stumbled into a gym called CrossFit Iron Will. And I had started that because at the time, my dad had been at home, we were caring for him, he had a stroke, he was paralyzed. And I wanted to build some strength to be able to help him transfer from his wheelchair into his bed. And that was really like where I started to really realize I have to build up some strength to do that. And it was kind of like a secret sort of mission for me. I didn't go around telling people that. It was more of like, I want to get strong. And I always feel like I joined CrossFit before CrossFit got cool. Before Rich Froning and some of those right. great people. And that's what where I started. And, you know, funny because I went through it and... It was challenging and I like that and I'm someone who I believe works hard so I wasn't afraid of any of that but there was something missing there was still something I was struggling with like I could lift heavy and do all that stuff and take care of myself but there was still like a missing piece and I worked a lot with Heath and talking to him about some of my energy and like struggling and even just like the complimentary like mobility piece I was missing out on mm-hmm. and so I started to talk to some people who were taking some additional yoga classes to supplement And so I had done yoga before, and honestly, I quit a bunch of times, (laughs) which I like to tell people because you have to be ready to be a student in in anything that you take on. So I started taking some yoga classes to supplement, and I found that was helping because it was really more about like working through some of the mind pieces or sort of the emotional pieces of what I was dealing with that I wasn't tackling. Like, yeah, I could get out some aggression and do some intense workouts, but I wasn't really supporting, like, the softer side of things. Mm -hmm. And that's what yoga brought me. So I was taking some classes and then more locally, different studios. And my friend Allison, who I co-own the studio with, she was like, oh, come to the yoga shop in Connecticut. I was like, all right. I'm like, I'm not into anything, like, cult-like or anything. I don't know what this is about. She's like, no, 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 like, you're going to love it. And I did. And I fell in love with the practice that we do, which is vinyasa. I love probably primarily the community and the energy that the studio offers. So fast forward a little bit, we were always like, oh, we need something like this around here. There's like nothing like this around here. And I was working in Connecticut, so I made it work to go there. So we had sort of kitted a little bit with the founders, Annie and Kim, and we were like, oh, I need to open up one of these in Ludlow. They're like, no, you need to open up one of these in Ludlow. I was like, hmm. So we kind of always kept that in the back of our mind and the yoga shop holds a lot of annual retreats and I was always like a big yes to every because I was in an explorative mode. I had been in corporate life for a long time and I was kind of done. 
I was like, this isn't fitting who I am. I was successful at it, but I was like, this isn't like meeting me where I am. So we went on a retreat to Costa Rica and then Alice and I carved out like a little bit of time. We're like, let's do it. Let's figure it out. Let's figure out how we can do this. And it was kind of it. It sounds really whimsical and all that. It wasn't always that easy, but that's how you start is like, all right, like let's figure out all the things that really need to be in place. Let's put a plan together. What are some of the challenges that we think we're going to face? Obviously working full time. That's one of them, but that's how it all started. So it was probably like maybe like six years ago or so. And then we opened up our studio December 23rd of 2017. Okay. That's awesome. So quite a bit of a journey there in terms of like (laughs) you change focus like two or three times going from, I don't have, (laughs) yeah, I don't have any fitness experience. Yeah. I have a change in my life that, you know, not easy to deal with. I'm assuming that doesn't only constitute the physical portion of that. Like obviously you have your father that you need to take care of and it's a tragic event that now you're like, all right, I need to get my butt in gear to be able to support my family. And now we're like, well, I am doing this one thing. But now I am not addressing the other side of it. So it's like the salty and the sweet, right? You need yeah. to, you, you got to have one without the other. And then you find yourself in this position. So in terms of that tr- transition from CrossFit where you're going balls to the wall every time you get in there and you're throwing around a ton of weight and yeah. all these different things. And what was that like kind of dichotomy like of doing CrossFit, getting into yoga versus trying to balance the two? Was there a point where you felt you couldn't balance the two or it just got yeah. to the point where one took over the other. Like walk yeah. me through that a little bit. I can bit. remember the moment like it was yesterday and uh, we were doing a particular workout and it involved box jumps, which I still to this day have this <laughs> <laughs> wicked like anxiety every time I see a box and uh, I fell and split open my knee Ooh. like from pretty much uh, right below my kneecap, almost like all the way down my leg. And actually, I think Roger at the time might have been the coach. <laughs> and I was like, don't cry. Like, don't cry. And I was like, what am I doing? Of course I'm going to cry. This is painful. <laughs> and I'm bleeding everywhere. And I'm like, what am I doing? And I really do think that was a moment where I shifted because I said, this is like a lot. And it's a lot emotionally and it's a lot physically. And now I'm hurt. Mm-hmm. And my leg was pretty banged up for a while, too. And so I obviously needed to take some time to transition and I didn't want to be like completely sedentary either because I also know like when you're still like everything starts to get stuck Mm -hmm. in some ways. So I could still practice to some degree, not a ton, like obviously maybe the first few days, but I could still do yoga. I could still like flow a little bit. I could still like meditate even. And I'm not a regular in that space, but I could be still and kind of work through what I need to work through. So that was a, a really big moment for me. And I, it did scare me a little bit. I was like, all right, I don't want to have some major injury and be totally taken out. So that was all I needed was like, split open. Oh, I, I hear you. There's <laughs> definitely been some moments like I personally do CrossFit too. And there's been some moments like, that moment, yeah. I'm, I'm going to hold off on that and maybe modify and adjust yeah. from what I got going on. But uh, yeah. yeah, so that's a pretty dramatic change, like all of a sudden. So you said you practice like uh, the vinyasa currently. Mm-hmm. Is that something you've always done or is that you've ended up on this just through trial and error? Yeah, it's funny. I love, I'm very curious, I'm a curious person. So I love to explore different things. And so I used to travel for work and I would try everything. I'm that kind of person. I would always try to find yoga wherever I was. I would go and search. Um, 
for a yoga class. I remember one time I found a yoga class at 9 p.m. at night and it was perfect because we had a, had a long day of travel. And I try anything, but I never really found a flow that worked for me. And I think it was because vinyasa is a flow and incorporates breath. It's like a meditative movement and it can be super powerful and super like power down, restorative as well. So I kind of fell into it when I started practicing at the yoga shop. And I had been like, oh, I just can't like really find the thing that I'm attaching to. And a lot of times in yoga, there's so many different types of practices or styles of yoga. You know, some use a lot of Sanskrit words and I struggled with that a little bit because I couldn't remember some of the chanting and all of that. <laughs> I get so stressed. I'm like, I can barely speak English. How can I like <laughs> take on another language? So I, once I found the vinyasa flow, I was like, this is it. Like, this is it. And so it took me a long time. And I think that's why there were times where I abandoned it. Because I was like, I can't find what, what I need. But, you know, I, I kept going back to it. I kept trying. I was like, maybe there's something. And I enjoyed it. I, there's something about the movement that feels right for me. Mm. Okay. That, that's a pretty trial and error way to get to that position. Yeah. And obviously, like, not everything's for everyone, right? Yeah. And right. you're going to have to figure things out so like the fact that you're able to say sometimes this wasn't for me yeah I needed to take a break from it for a while but I always came back to this one thing yeah it's pretty telling of like your dedication as this is something I want to yeah. do as well as like your stick-to-itiveness as a person to stay within that even though not everything works in the first place so with that being said is the way you coach or teach yoga is it the same way as your personal practice or can someone comes to the yoga shop for you, how different is like your personal practice versus the way you coach yeah. yoga? I, I think it's there. I think it's very similar too in that I can serve it up and offer up all the options, like maybe try this or maybe try that. And I don't, I always am trying to be mindful of what works for me is not necessarily what works for you. Mm -hmm. And so I love connecting with people. That's what makes all of this like the best stuff. and understanding like what is it that you're looking for and some people come in with very different needs than what I would necessarily look for and some people come in just for physical to start they want power they want intense they want the workout and that's great and we offer that and that's available and then as they start to really understand the connection of like mind and body and that comes with time sometimes if they're open to it then they can see there's a lot available even more like in the schedule or who they are guided by for me when i was taking yoga it was always about schedule in the beginning i had a young family i was caring for my parents so i'd always just be like all right this fits like in this time frame so a lot of times i didn't even know who was teaching or it didn't matter because i just wanted to move and i just wanted to escape a little bit some people get very like, I want to do power up or whatever, and that's good, that's fine, you know. But when they're ready and they can be more open, whether it's schedule or mindset, they can find so much more. So I do try to offer up all the options. And really, if people are willing to share, like we can get to that level with them. Mm. So yeah, and I teach foundations, which is usually where I find more people starting the practice. So it's a more of an introductory overview in the class. So I give even my experience sprinkled in there a little bit, but not like, that it has to be my experience more around like how I use props, how I modify my poses, even a little bit about like my personal story, kind of like, hey, I, I struggled a lot with the quiet part of the class, like we're on the downside. And that, and a lot of people will say, oh, like I can relate to that, I can connect to that. And so I think when we're willing to share, we all realize we're all kind of humans going through like a very similar experience. Your timeline may be different, but we're all facing something, we're all working through something. You just may have gotten there quicker than I did, mm. right? Or vice versa. 
right. I think a really good point to make there is like you mentioned first there, like not everyone's going to experience the same thing. We're all at different points in our timeline and not everything, everyone is going to want the same thing, whether where you are on the timeline. So having those options of, you said power up, like someone might be really interested in that and you can pertain to that individual now rather than like the generic of whoever may walk through your door. It's not like, all right, Joe Schmo here is going to do the same thing that Betty over here is going to do. And they might be, one might be a 24 year old athlete looking for something new. And one might be someone who's done this for 20, 30 years. But having that individuality within that and being able to pick what you want to do, that's huge. And I think a lot of people miss the boat on that in terms of how do we make this a community driven thing rather than we're looking for a specific thing that anyone could do. Yeah. And I care a lot about that, too, with, like, even how we present ourselves, like, through social media or how people know about us as a community, too, because yoga really can be for everyone. I believe that in the depth of who I am, and I think it's just a matter of, like, bringing them in and allowing them to see that it is and, and and assuring them that, like, when they're on their mat, right, when they're in the thick of a class and they're in their practice, right, I sometimes will say, like, Nobody's watching you, truly. If you're on your mat and I'm on my mat, like I'm not watching you to see what you're doing and how you're doing it. I'm working on my own stuff, right? Whether it's the emotional, the physical, the whatever. And I think when people can believe that, then they're like, yeah, yoga can be for me. It doesn't have to be the end all be all. I'm not like saying, oh, it cures everything, (laughs) you know? But it's a compliment to a lot of the activities that people do, right? Even even CrossFit, some of the other fitness locations that we have around here. We have such a great community of people, and I think they're all yogis too because I listen to them. (laughs) We've had a lot of great people on, and they're people I admire in our, like, wellness community. And I do think, like, we can sort of complement each other, right? There's a place for all of it, I think. So, yeah, I care a lot about it, and I am always, like, trying to consider like how do I meet people like where they are and and assure them that you can make this yours and I'm like a great test case for that too that's why I tell people like kind of my story because I think it gives them confidence like oh yeah like she's kind of like me Mm. you know she didn't start yoga and fall in love with it day one it took a little trial and error and a little figuring it out you know there's, yeah, there's the trial period and everything. It's like uh, Netflix. You get 30 days for yep. free and uh, might not be yeah. time to get that subscription right now. But yeah. as soon as that show that you really like comes out, you're probably going to, yeah, yeah, same thing. Some Someone sees like what you're doing. Like, yeah, maybe not right now. Five years from now, might be singing a very different story. If they've had like prior experience, they're dealing with the same thing as you. Like they just need something new. They got hurt somewhere and they're like, oh, I just really don't have the love for this. With that being said, they're is like a stigma you were mentioned there like it's not for everyone but you believe yeah. that it can be for everyone yeah. when there is like that sort of stigma of uh, it's like girly or something like that I'm, that's one i've just heard yeah. like very frequently well how do you kind of battle those stigmas or how do you argue your case so to speak to be like look this this is why it can be for everyone yeah how do you, you know i have a legal background right okay did you know that uh, you've mentioned it one or twice. <laughs> Once or twice. No, I, I don't argue with it. I, I just, I ask questions, right? Because really it's like anything, you know, 
where are they getting that information? Sometimes it is like what people see on social, like for pictures and images of poses that are beautifully curated and have the perfect lighting and the perfect outfit. We're not like that. We're like, you'll see me sort of practicing however, and I practice with blocks and we just try to show up how we are. So I don't really try to argue it as much. I do have that. I get a lot of ribbing, I will say. And people will make jokes and comments and things like that. And I'll just say, well, what do you really know? Have you tried? Or I don't get like argumentative with people. It's mm. not. If they're really open to it, they'll engage, right? They'll kind of get curious with me about it. And I do think sometimes that's a defense mechanism for people. Like they put up that little wall, like, oh no, like I can't do it because it's this, or I'm not flexible is the one I hear all the mm -hmm. time. I'm like, can you bend your knees? And they're like, yeah, like, oh yeah, you can do yoga then, right? Because really that's yeah. an access point. Because people will say, I can't touch my toes or whatever. I'm like, yeah, we don't do that usually too often. So you don't need to worry, don't about, need to worry about it in the first place. <laughs> we do this thing called Shavasana. It's like this really great thing. But yeah, I don't, I, I hear a lot. I hear I'm not flexible. I hear probably that's like, that used to be like the number one thing I would hear. So I, I think it's just a matter of if people, what would they want and how could this serve them? Mm -hmm. that, that's really at the end of the day. Cause it, even though I believe it's for everyone, it doesn't mean everyone's ready mm -hmm. for it. Right. So in terms of what you've seen in your personal experience, what are some of those characteristics of they are ready for it? What do you see? Someone walks in the door, they're like, this person is going to love this versus maybe not right now. Yeah, I don't know that I always see that immediately. I think showing up is the biggest thing. Like literally walking through the doors is to me the biggest challenge for people, right? And I don't know if you've ever had that experience where you get kind of like anxious about going somewhere and you're like, all right, I'm here. Mm -hmm. That to me is already the hurdle because that means that they thought about it, right? They probably got a little nervous. Like, what do I wear? What do I bring? They made the phone call. So I don't know that I see it necessarily walking through the door, but I know the fact that they showed up. That right. was already a huge emotional hurdle to get through. And then we just try to like hold them. I always say like kind of love them up. Like, all right, how did that feel? And then you can kind of get a sense for like, oh, I, I didn't know all the poses. So then you can tell, right, they're overwhelmed. And kind of like, all right, I can talk you through that. Or, wow, I didn't realize like how tight my hamstrings were. They start talking about parts of their body. I'm like, oh yeah, we can, we can offer you some modifications or maybe use blocks next time or whatever. So depending on where they go, if it gets into sort of the emotional versus the physical, you can kind of work through. And then sometimes it's just a matter of schedule, right? People at different points in their life, they're just hanging on. By a thread. If they have young families, or in my situation, I was kind of in a sandwich of like caring for two families, really, in a way, then you're just a matter of how does this work? Can you take the time for yourself? And why is that so important? And that's how I honestly needed to put that first because I do a really great job of taking care of a lot of to dos and a lot of people, but if I'm not taking care of myself at the end of the day, like I'm no good to anyone, honestly. And that was like my moment where I had to realize that I was really like on kind of on an edge, right? <laughs> when I was in the thick of caring for my dad, like not, and realizing I had to sort of take care of my emotional wellness, then I was like, whoa, like I'm not really, I'm like really fragile right mm. now. And I think everyone deals with that at different points in their life. And so sometimes you can almost see that when you're talking to people and they're talking about how overwhelmed they are with their schedule. So I think there's a lot of different scenarios. It's not always like they're going to be open. It, there's so many factors mm. that can go into it. Right. So. Yeah. And that's half the battle there of like, how can I help support this person in the yeah. best way possible without like 
adding more to their plate, right? Because right. that can be something they walk in the door like, look, this is the only time I have this week. Yeah. What can I do to help them aside yeah. from that? Uh, and Make speaking, it the best you can while you're there. Yeah. And in terms of like speaking on that, you mentioned something there. It's like, I have to be able to take care of myself before I can help take yeah. care of others. If you do have someone that like walks in, they are overwhelmed or they're not in that best emotional space, so, so to speak. So you mentioned like there's the physical and then there's the emotional. Yeah. Obviously those go hand in hand, but if someone is like here physically, but here emotionally, like how do you help facilitate like that emotional growth aside from just like the physical growth and how are you going to help someone like that with that journey they're on there? Yeah, I think it's all in what they're open to. You know, I can think about a lot. We offer a lot of different workshops that can get to that in some way, like we can spend a little bit more time sort of working through that. Like right now we have our 40 day challenge going mm -hmm. on and it's really about making that consistent commitment to yourself. That's an example. We do a fall challenge, Alice and I kick off, which is a nice way to say, yeah, you can dedicate an hour to yourself every day. I and mean, we all know we spend like sort of mindless time doing things. I know I can do it too. But when you start to prioritize yourself, like what does that look like schedule wise? And then a lot of times what we speak to in a class gets people even just becoming more aware. Like I'm just looking at sort of the surface here, right? Self-awareness I think is the start. And then are you willing to dive down a little bit deeper and like sort of get underneath what's happening and why am I feeling this way? Especially when it gets to the physical, right? Like when I think about a practice, right? When you're in sort of the, what I call the downside of the classroom, you're on your mat, it gets quiet, your body gets more still, right? Your mind doesn't shut off, right? You start to kind of work in overdrive. And when we're guiding a class, we'll often speak to like sort of that spiritual component of what you're working through. And people do take that. They may not always like go out and change something the next day or even like immediately, but they sort of tuck that away. And it's just kind of like cracking the surface of that hard shell that we put on, mm -hmm. right? That sort of, I call it armor. We walk around with armor, right? Our hearts have been broken. We've had really sad things that have happened in our lives or big challenges we've worked through. And you're just trying to get people aware at a base level. And we just serve up different options to do that. Whether it's taking a daily class or you want to take like different workshops and things. Like there's always something available if you want to. Mm -hmm. So Wow, that's awesome. And the fact that there is so much available instead of just all right, well, this yeah, is what we got says, and yeah. the fact that there is that outreach of you can have whoever it may be come in and give a talk or go through a demonstration or try something new, that that's huge and yeah. A lot of people miss the boat on those kinds of things because okay. if you put it in example of what we do, there's many different schools of thought. And if you find yourself in one thought and that one tool can't get the job done, you ever try to use a screwdriver to take your car off the or wheel off the car? Yeah. Probably not going to work too well. And it's a huge skill to be able to have to say, look, what I may not, what I have may not be the best thing for you right now, but we can point you in the right direction and provide those things. As long as you have that clear line of communication going on there. So yeah. that's a huge portion yeah. of not just the physical po physical portions of the human nature, but yeah. the emotional and like the mental health sides too. Yeah. And if that downside of the class that you're talking about is 20 minutes for their mind to potentially shut off, not everyone, but yeah. if that's like the 20 minutes of quiet time they have in their day, more power to them and provide it as much as you possibly can to them when they can. But yeah, yeah that's, that's the biggest thing that I, I have as a takeaway is like, how do we deepen our connection with each other? Right. And I, I get it sometimes like 
people may be like, who are these people? Like, they're asking me all these questions. It's because we care. Like, we're, we are very similar in a lot of ways. And I think it assures people of that. But I do think, you know, what my experience has been here and other like local places that offer like a wellness component is getting to know your people mm-hmm. and like being able to serve them or meet them where they are. I'm always curious about that. Like, how can I do that better? Like, how can I, you know, see someone? And that's all like that people want is to be seen and understood. Mm-hmm. I think that when I have gone to places and I sort of get, I don't get acknowledged or whatever, like you notice that. You don't expect that everywhere. If I go get a Starbucks, like, I don't want people asking me about my personal life. <laughs> that's fine. But you do want, everybody wants connection, especially mm. now. Mm. We've lost it in some ways. And so if we can sort of connect on a level where we can offer, yeah, like that's, that's like amazing. That's what we want. And since we're on the topic, like obviously the last two years have not looked ideal in the sense of that. And that's, seems to be like a pretty decent portion of the time that you've had your practice open. So what are some of the ways that throughout this time, even like going forward, because it doesn't seem like it's going anywhere, but how have you been able to shift and provide during this time of we can't necessarily all be here, but we can still do something? What does that look like for you guys? It has been a struggle. I am not going to lie. Because I do think people have put caring for themselves a little bit further down the list. So we, we still keep our like values intact. I always say you still keep like this focus and like in yoga there's a word card called drishti where you like have this sort of I I still believe in this, right? I still believe in this very deeply. And so we just try to get creative a little bit. Like we offer live stream classes, Mm -hmm. so we still do it, right? So people who want to practice from home, we're offering that always pretty much simultaneously with all our classes. So that I think gives people that option all the time they can practice. You know, now what I'm finding is, yeah, people are realizing that this is how things are going to be, but we have maintained uh, distance within the studio even Mm -hmm. so people can feel safe, like they're not sort of layered on top of each other. That's really important to people too. And we do have a great heating system because I know someone. And uh, (laughs) we have infrared panels, which is really good and very restorative to your body. So I do think that our environment feels very safe. We obviously disinfect and do all these things Mm -hmm. because I'm also a clean freak. But it's providing a safe environment, I think, is what everybody wants to feel. Mm -hmm. And even if they aren't comfortable or for whatever reason they can't come in, they still have an option right there, right? They just have to have a good Wi-Fi connection, log in. we still have quite a bit of people doing that so and just keeping your foot in the door because it's very easy to especially if you can't be somewhere in person if that's part of your routine it's very easy to fall off things and yeah even for someone who may have fallen off like like you were saying earlier there's different periods we're on a different part of the timeline how can we get you back on that timeline to where you want to be yeah so it's awesome that there's those options available instead of just yeah we got nothing for you or if you're uncomfortable, probably not the best thing for you right now. But yeah. yeah, providing all those options and allowing someone to be as comfortable as possible with whatever condition they may be in. Yeah. So with that going on, aside from the way things have changed, like how do you translate this into you obviously do a little bit more than just the yoga shop. Mm-hmm. You have a family. Yeah. You do a little bit of yoga teaching for youth athletes and yeah. stuff like that at yeah. Wilbraham Munson. Yeah. How do you translate like the different aspects of adults are responsible for themselves. I can only do so much to help these people versus translating that into helping your 
children figure out their path and potentially doing yoga and then providing for youth athletes for what they do like is it any different for you is there a new set of struggles or barricades or whatever that come with it or do you feel like it's all in the same kind of nature yeah well I always think that I try to be who I am in all those places right Mm -hmm. I would love for my kids to be at yoga every day but they are not but my philosophy you know mindfulness being aware like how you show up is universal you know i have two children and one is 14 one is 16 they deal with a lot of stress and especially now like Mm -hmm. there's it's a complex world and they know right it's right there but i don't have to be like hey come to yoga like okay hey by the way like down the street like two less than two miles from our house (laughs) they know and I, i do think that even though i'm not sure if they would say it they have a little sense of pride even the fact that i teach at wilbraham Munson where they go to school and that you know i'm part of the community there and with the student i was worried that you might be like embarrassed or something mom is a teacher but i think they actually do have a sense of pride because there is a real positive around the program there and i i can't take full credit for that i also think the youth now is very much more aware about mindfulness meditation they're very self-aware of mental wellness and mental health which is makes it easy in some ways right so a lot of the athletes too they know that a lot of professional athletes practice yoga so Mm -hmm. i feel like i have all the endorsements without having to like (laughs) sort of prove the benefits and i love teaching to, to the student athletes there they are teaching me a lot of times too and it really is enjoyable to watch just how disciplined they can be and how they are and how passionate they are about their sports and yet get thrown a huge challenge of learning poses and and movements and meditation i can think back to like some situations where students would tell me yeah i can't meditate i can't sit still and by the end of it i could probably do like a 15 minute meditation with that which is long by the way you know and I also credit, there's a yoga colleague there too at the school, Billy Rosenbeck, who has meditations and literature class that he teaches, which I think is a nice compliment. And a lot of times we support the same students. But I think for them, I just offer it up. I do think in the youth sort of group, they're not sort of in the same place right now, right? Like in terms of some of the struggles, but they do struggle, right? Like they do care a lot about like how they're viewed, right? You know, some of the social challenges, right? The stress that relationships can bring. So I try to keep it relevant to what they're going through and not go down like too dark and deep mm. because their life, it doesn't happen. Yeah, but some of them have, they have had some significant loss in their life or whatever, mm. but they're not like quite in the same place. So I always try to keep it at a certain level. They love to, to play. They love to do like inversion work. They love to have fun. I try to make it playful. We make it light and they practice five to six days a week, six days a week. It's, they're committed. They, they're there. And this past year, we were taking them to the studio, which made it even a better environment because they have a real studio environment, which I think was good for them to experience. Because typically, we'd only do that like once or twice in the program. So they really love that. Right. Um, so they have the heat, you know, they have they could sweat a little bit. I didn't do that the first day. That would probably <laughs> take them off. But, you know, it's great. I, I enjoy it a lot. And working with athletes is definitely something I'm really passionate about and I enjoy it a lot. But you can also see the progress too, a little bit more continuously, which I think is different. You have students coming in, 
they may come in weekly and all of that in the, in the regular studio, but when you have the student athlete group, it's like, we actually measure, I measure, like we'll do something like uh, holding a plank, mm. right? Or what else do we do? I'm trying to think of what else. I've done a couple of like, hey, let's measure this and then see at the end, like how we do. And you'd be surprised, like they never think they're gonna like beat their original time. And let's say they start off maybe a minute plank. I've had students hold planks for like five minutes, six minutes, seven minutes, which in the context of a short period of time is a really great improvement. Yeah. So then they see their strength in a different way. Because I feel like they can attach to that a little bit differently than knowing they can mm -hmm. do a full vinyasa practice for 75 minutes in the heat. That's not a measure for them. So. Right. Okay. With the youth athletes too, like obviously like they have a whole busy life going on yeah. too. Probably some just as busy as an adult life too yeah. or they got a whole different set of challenges versus like a normal student. Yeah, they have their coursework, but then you throw student athlete, the student and the athlete are two separate things yeah. that they have to place on that. Plus they have whatever it may be, especially with students at like Wilbraham Munson who are yeah. living thousands of miles away from home potentially. Does that ever throw a new set of challenges to you that you find yourself dealing with a little bit differently than you would yeah. a different population? Yeah, I think that's a, a great example of like kind of watching for the stress. And I can tell, and I also know seasonally kind of where that happens, especially as they start to apply to schools, because I typically teach 11th and 12th grade, so juniors and seniors. So they're in the thick of that, like mm -hmm. big life changes, big life decisions, lots of stress. And then I, I can also see within a week's schedule, like, oh, this was a heavy day. There are a lot of, like, tests today or a school meeting today. There's just a lot. And so and I'll, you know, focus more on meditation or I'll do different activities. I try to, like, sort of spice it up in the sense of, hey, I can tell if I try to push them a little bit today. It's not going to work. <laughs> they may push back. And, the, and they're very, they definitely are open all the time. Sometimes you do have to nudge, right? Mm. They're teenagers. I have to, I know. Like you got to nudge a little. Yeah, I definitely watch for that a lot. And I know I can see it almost like in their faces. I can see it physically in their bodies. Um, so I just try to be aware of that and modify mm. what I'm doing at any given time. And they do. They all teens right now have just a different level of pressure that we've probably never experienced ourselves. Yeah, you know? yeah. I surely haven't. Yeah. <laughs> I was never a student athlete on that caliber of whoever that is plus being away from home potentially so yeah, that's yeah. a whole new set of challenges yeah. and being able to see what they've gone through in a week of just from an academic yeah. standpoint and then obviously that they have practices and all that too I'm sure that'd be a lot easier for you in your at the yoga shop practice to see the adults and like how their week is looking in comparison yeah. but well, and, it's, and for them, they really don't have a choice, unfortunately. Like, they can't just tap out and go hang out in their room. Mm. Adults can just stay home. Yeah, right? they have that choice. <laughs> like, they have that freedom. That's a little different. They got to show up because uh, attendance is taken. So that they don't have those options, mm. which working through that and understanding that, because then, of course, every time they move, they feel better. There's never anyone who's like, oh, that was like, they always feel better, especially when I see them totally relaxed in Shavasana. And there's like a reset that that just happened. But yeah, I think that's the difference. It's like they don't have those choices all the time because mm. they are kept to a very strict schedule. Mm -hmm. Can be a blessing and a curse, but yeah. it sounds like it's more of a blessing than it is a curse for yeah. anyone at this point. Yeah. They don't realize it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so walk me through kind of what an experience through either one of your classes or Allison's mm -hmm. or whatever, what other teacher there may be available to yeah. you. Like, obviously it's going to be a different experience, whoever you're matched up with, but walk me through kind of what, like, 
the process to get in the door and then what your first class looks like and yeah. how that goes. Yeah, typically they can reach out whether they call or they email or, you know, if they use MindBody, we have the MindBody app. So once we get them all set up, their first class is free. So it's always great because they can try it, see if they like it. And we also offer like a first week offering so they get unlimited yoga. So then it gives them a chance to try like a lot of different classes. But depending on which class they choose, it can be anywhere from an hour to 75 minutes. We also have a sunrise class that we just started. That's now like a 45 minute class. We start all classes typically the same which is we center, right? Everybody kind of sets up their mat. They, we have, because of the spacing and everything, they kind of designated spot, they sit, and we just center them, center them in. So usually what that means is just getting like connected to their body, arriving in the room, right? Breathing a little bit. We'll go through that process. We'll start with a reading just to get them oriented a little bit, maybe around a concept and then we'll warm up their bodies, right? So it'll involve a little bit of a warm up, let's say maybe five to seven minutes, depending on what the class is. If it's all levels or power up or power down, there's always that component to it. And then the middle is like where it gets a little bit more creative. So they'll flow. We teach to an arc. So at some point there's a little bit of a buildup, right? You wanna kind of build up some intensity. And a power down, you may be more to the ground, though. You may not necessarily be like building up like your heart rate and all of that. And then we'll take you down on the other side. And we spend a little bit of time working. Different parts of sort of slowing down the practice with our hips, like stretching, longer holds, longer breath. And then we wrap up all the classes with Shavasana, which is like anywhere from a three to five minutes. I call it restorative sleep. You're not really falling asleep, but some people do. I always take that as a compliment when they do. And we will take you out of that and then bring it right back to the beginning. Okay. So it's a little bit of a ride we take. <laughs> and we, I like to think that people get lost a little bit. They forget sort of the outside world. They come all the way back. And then there is, like, to me, I always see that at the end where you're like, okay, there's like a little bit of a shift, right? You can see people's stress level come down, their shoulders come down. Maybe they're not grinning and gripping as much mm. in their bodies and then they walk out on a cloud <laughs> to their know. cars and that's it <laughs> and then yeah. the rest of the day falls on top of them but yeah, that exactly. 75 potential minutes yeah. that they have in there that's that's yeah. what they're there for nothing yeah. else can yeah. kind of get in the way there yeah and there's a little bit of sprinkled in i was like a very high level but they'll typically get some form of an arc in a class and depending on what class it is and really with any class they can modify they can come down to their knees they can you know modify a pose in any way that is supportive to them mm. so i always offer that because sometimes people think oh i don't know I'm like just you'll catch up don't be so hard on yourself mm. you'll find it Right. And having those options is always important. Someone may be coming in with some sort of injury that, yeah. like in your experience, they're um, here because I need something new and I'm yeah. tired of getting hurt somewhere else. And having those options yeah. and someone knowledgeable enough to be able to make those observations and yeah. changes is also a huge portion too. In terms of the experience that they have at the yoga shop, we understand what it looks like first class and beyond there. But you mentioned earlier, there's like these workshops and stuff mm -hmm. like that you do. What kind of stuff do you offer through workshops? Do you have outside people coming in? Talk yeah, to me about that a little so bit. So we have, we typically offer one to two a month and it depends. Like we do a lot of different classes, uh, a lot of different workshops. So this month we have one called Soul Nutrition that we're doing and it's really just getting people to kind of in touch with like, all right, what am I like working towards or working on? It's not necessarily always a health and wellness goal. So we're bringing in Britt and she's going to help us do that. And I'm actually co-teaching that. 
you and I are doing one, which mm -hmm. a lot of people are excited about, which we're going to focus on shoulders and hips, which I think a lot of people struggle with injury or discomfort, I would mm -hmm. say. They may not even know why they're uncomfortable in those areas. So we try to do that. We will have, I'm trying to think of some other ones, like an intention setting one around the new year. You know, we'll sprinkle them in. We don't want that to become like always offering like every single weekend, but we also do kids workshops. Kids yoga is so much fun. I like watching kids do yoga and just their interest in it is great. We actually start a class series um, now, so there'll be a weekly class, and we pair it with an adult class, so mm. the parents can be like right next door doing their own thing, and the kids are in theirs. We also do summer camps, so that's really popular. Those are really like very popular for the families in our community, and we do half day and full day for that. I'm probably forgetting something else that we do. But like when I think about sort of the timeline of a year, in the summer we typically just offer like outdoor yoga classes. A lot of people travel, they're just trying to get the most out of right. like all the nice weather, so we're very aware of that. And then two times a year we offer open house where we offer free classes all day. Mm. And then people can try all the classes. They can actually stay for all of them if they want. You know, we'll kick off the morning with a meditation. We will offer a sample of all our classes. And it's a good way for people to try it again. Yeah. Or just come back and enjoy the community. Right. Yeah. And having that availability of like if you do want to spend all day there, like yeah. you get <laughs> a little bit of everything. Set up a little bit of everything. <laughs> take space up. Yeah, okay. That's awesome. That's yeah. very awesome. But there is a lot more to you than just the yoga shop mm -hmm. too. You got your hands in a lot of different things. You, yeah, you got <laughs> Alvis Fuel, like you mentioned yeah, earlier, you knew a guy. Yeah. Uh, you have the laundromat and, or the, yeah. remind me of the laundry name, room, laundry yeah. room in Ludlow. Yeah. And the yoga shop, obviously. And then you got your hands in all these different things. Yeah. Like, how do you find it being like a business owner, a mother, yeah wife and yeah. all these different things like and however much you yeah. do within a day like you ever find yourself out of balance or too far time. in one place and Every not in another day, i'll be like checking myself all right where did i spend my time today is that where i need to be okay and i think that was for me the when i think back so even the piece that i didn't talk about which is my corporate life I, mm -hmm. I started off working in corporate and i came to a point where i was like this isn't for me like this doesn't fit me and i think i like to be all over the place in a little bit of way because I, I like variety I like I like people I like to sort of feed all those different things by doing a lot of different things and so honestly like I worked corporate I do think that was a successful part of my life but it wasn't fulfilling me at all like I I really struggled with that and I was tired of climbing the corporate ladder. And I think a lot of people struggled when I started to make that transition because they were like, oh, like you've got the title and like you're doing really well. And I was like, yeah, but my soul is dead. <laughs> like I just, I feel like I'm going through the motions and I do think I, there were a lot of good parts. I made a lot of great relationships, but I, I just, it didn't light me up. Mm -hmm. I just had no purpose. I had no like fire. And uh, my husband, Joe, and I, we've owned Else Fuels now for like 14 years. And he would always like try to say like, hey, come on, like you're making all those other businesses successful. Let's put more in here. And honestly, I think I was afraid at first to just make that leap and for both of us to be like getting a salary mm. from a business. So I, I did make the leap and I never looked back because I can be my own boss, right? Yeah. I can kind of guide the ship how I need to and not feel like I have to be like eight to five. Yes, our office is kind of open general hours. But like I, don't, I can be in a lot of different places. Right. And I, I have really, we have a really great team and we have really great people we've hired 
that are they're smart and they can they can make good decisions and we can just sort of guide them and navigate a little bit. And with the laundromat, that was a family-owned, a little bit of a legacy business. Mm. And we, Joe and I have always taken care of it. We just never really were public with it. it. And then as my dad started to come into the last phase of his life, we really started to look at, do we want to keep this or we want to sell it? Because it was hard. It was just mm. hard to try to keep it at a level that he kept it. I'm so passionate about it. I totally understand connection with people because of him. Because I remember growing up and he'd always talk to me about his customers. And that's a huge thing I learned. Just even about business and people. And when we made the decision, I will say I can't take all credit for it. But someone said to me, this is a good way to keep your dad alive. Keep his legacy alive. Revisit this. Kind of reinvest. And we did like a major overhaul just about a year ago. And it's like the best thing we ever did. Right. So that was always there. It's more of like a little bit of a fun, fun thing we actually do. And uh, yeah, so I am out of balance sometimes. Like today, my kids were in online school and I had to sort of be there supporting them. But that's the beauty of, I didn't have to stress other things because they were taken care of. Mm. And on a day-to-day basis, I can go where I need to be and flex and know that things are still running. There are going to be days I have to spend more time here or there. But I enjoy it. I don't regret leaving corporate life at all. (laughs) I do miss the people, but I don't miss, like, the grind Mm. at all because it it just was not fulfilling me. I was not happy. Yeah, that's just part of everyone's journey. Like, you know, a lot of people are probably going to spend the rest of their lives like, I'm not really happy with my career, but it's comfortable and it's not that bad. Like, I make a decent salary. People don't take that leap sometimes. Yeah. It's not always... And it's scary. Thing, yeah. I think that's part of your process sometimes, if you're willing to go into the scary parts. Like, it, it can be more rewarding in some ways. I think that people are afraid to admit that. They feel like they're obligated or they have to do things. And I understand that. Like, we've all done that. Right? We've all had to do the jobs and do the things to take care of our families or take care of ourselves. But when you're willing to, like, really put yourself out there and say, no, I, I there's something more here and you have to sit in it like it's not like something where I just decided and I was like okay yeah I'm gonna leave my corporate job it took me maybe five to six years and that's a long time I wish it were quicker because it was hard to sit in that sort of like internal turmoil but you know thankfully Joe was very supportive and that's all I needed we're gonna figure this out let's look at the long term of this and now I can be where I need to be Mm -hmm. with my family I could take care of my parents as I needed to and that's big for me yeah that's I think that's huge for a lot of people and some people never take that chance and congratulations to you for realizing that like this ain't for me i need to make i need to make that jump right now so yeah yeah, that's awesome thank you for sharing your story and i always like to wrap these things up with a couple different things first one is rapid fire questions of how do we figure out more (laughs) in the smallest period possible so I like to ask the one, what's your favorite breakfast cereal? Favorite breakfast cereal? I don't like breakfast cereal. Oh, all right. I know. Favorite breakfast food. I had food. Captain Crunch before and it <laughs> ripped the top of my mouth. Uh, and I don't think I've ever eaten cereal. Breakfast food, coffee. Coffee. It's a food, right? right? Yeah. It's a bean. Yeah. Coffee. You consume it. Iced yeah. coffee, typically. Yeah. All right, coffee. Uh, favorite yoga pose? Hmm. I would say triangle pose. It is a pose that I feel like is the hard and soft of yoga mm. in some ways. Like I think about it representing like like a ice cream sundae, actually. <laughs> like you think about sort of the hard ice cream and then all the like soft stuff on the top. And that's really what that pose represents. Like mm. you can kind of bring in the base, right? A strong base and you get creative a little bit in the expression on the top. So yeah. that's, that's cool. That's always mine. Yeah. And with that being said, obviously like favorite style of yoga. 
Vinyasa. Vinyasa. Yoga. Yep. Okay. Uh, favorite soccer player? Ronaldo. That's not even a question. That's a confirmation. Uh, yeah. yeah, I Ronaldo. knew the answer to that question yeah. was going to be that. <laughs> Favorite soccer team? I would say we're big fans of the New England Revolution, mm-hmm. and I think they're the most forgotten New England team, which is very <laughs> unfair because they don't play such a lot. Yeah. So I would say that. Lucas likes Chelsea, but from a Portugal side, it's Sporting, which is uh, where Ronaldo actually first played. Yep. So. Okay. And then, obviously, like, you, we come from Ludlow. I'm from Ludlow. I'm not Portuguese, but... You are, and yeah. it's a very populated town. Pioneers, how do you feel about that? Yes. Well, uh, we do have a little bit of a connection there, because I know somebody who's the president, happened to live with him. Yeah, I think it is such a great, uh, it's like this gem in our community, mm-hmm. right? Not only from a youth soccer perspective, but also for their like semi-professional team. I don't know, it's so exciting to have right there, and I think we still hold this like title of being one of the, the only like semi, well, like the, the Sorry, the stadium itself is very unique. There aren't very many stadiums like that in New England. So it's like, I don't know, it's such a cool place. It kind of reminds me of Europe, like when you go down there and everybody's hanging out by the edge of the fence and stuff. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a really big fan of the Pioneers <laughs> too. Yeah. That's awesome. I remember going to see those games when I was like a little yeah. kid and be like, so this is like legit. They actually yeah. like play almost pro, right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, like can't really... Don't really get that anywhere else, it's but so great. Yeah, yeah, the talent there and the coaching and the, all of that is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's yeah. a whole like big operation behind that that I hope people appreciate because oh, it's yeah. such a great it thing for our provides people for people to play youth wise too and just a good community to be around and obviously fest every year is like right there so yep. a lot of foot traffic and stuff like that so yeah. great little place to be yeah so with that being said like where can we find you what how can we yeah. figure out how to get into our first class. You can always email me, Liz mm-hmm. at theyogashop.us. Uh, you can call us on our number. You can find us on the www.yogashop. The yoga shop, I think it's called. <laughs> so we're all over. I'm on Instagram as well, at Liz Sal. And I always, I do get overwhelmed by email. I will admit that's like my little pet peeve, but I'm always reachable via text and phone and all that. So. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Thank you for coming on today and having a conversation with me and letting us into the perspective of what it's like to be part of the yoga shop. And if you guys want to try, pick up a new practice of yoga, go check them out. And if it's something that you want to get back to, too, always a great option. And uh, if you are one of our patients and want to do it, let us know and we can put you in contact with that, too. And we'll get you going with there. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And we'll see you in the next episode. Hey, real quick, before you go, I just want to say thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others by taking a screenshot of this episode and posting it to your story on Instagram and tagging at MoveAthleticsPT so we can repost it. And to stay up on all the latest from me, make sure that you follow at MoveAthleticsPT on Instagram and Facebook and then subscribe to the Move Athletics newsletter at www.MoveAthleticsPT.com. All right, guys. Catch you next episode.